Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A little gift for me. Orchestra seats to the best show in town. <laughs> I ought to know. It cost me plenty. That's my one vice, backing leg shows. No, thanks. Go ahead, take your girl. You must have a girl or a friend. Why? Well, live alone, work alone, eh? Raven. How do you feel when you're doing this? I feel fine. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Welcome back to 15-Minute Film Fanatics. This week, we're taking on This Gun for Hire from 1942, directed by Frank Tuttle and starring Veronica Lake, Robert Preston, Laird Krieger, and it's the breakout role for Alan Ladd. I watched this. Uh, I texted Dan that he absolutely had to see it. We've not discussed it. We've not talked about it. Dan, what did you think? This is the second movie we've done that begins with a man lying fully clothed in a bed, and that means bad news. Because the first was, do you remember? Uh, Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt, right? So we th- that's a, so Alan Ladd starts off that way, and then of course he he slaps the the cleaning lady and for, who, who who slaps his cat. Here's my take on this movie. Of course I loved it, but I want to say, and I never saw it until until you told me to watch it. A couple things about it. First, I've said this to people; they look at me like I'm crazy. Someone yelled at me on Twitter because I posted this opinion, but I'm going to say it again. If you could turn back time, as Cher says. Veronica Lake is the one that should have played Bridget in the Maltese Falcon in the, in the Maltese. Now she was only 19 when the movie came out. And I'm not saying that, that, that like John Hughes didn't miss something, but, and we love the Maltese Falcon, blah, blah, blah. Don't yell at us. Now we've seen, we haven't done it. We should, we've seen it a billion times. We could recite it. We love the novel, but she would have, that's who Bridget O'Shaughnessy is not Mary Astor, who kind of looks like my maiden aunt. I mean, it should have been like, Bridget O'Shaughnessy is supposed to give Sam Spade sleepless nights over the fact that he has to turn her in because because she killed Miles. But the idea that Mary Astor is so bewitching is just hilarious. Like you look at Veronica Lake and you're like, yeah, that's Bridget O'Shaughnessy. Like that's who Bridget O'Shaughnessy is supposed to be. That's my first thing. My second thing is there is no way, there is no way that the original writers of The Simpsons what did not see this movie and think about Mr. Burns at Smithers because that Tully Marshall who plays um, Brewster, who's running the whole poison gas thing in his, in his wheelchair, he's Mr. Burns. He's Mr. Burns. His office even looks like Mr. Burns's office. When he suckles one cracker dipped at in the time, milk. He has to dip it in milk. Uh, uh, Saltines. And 
And two other things, he's got this crazily loyal assistant who yells at him at the end, like, for 15 years, I've been taking care of you. He's exactly like Smithers. And third thing, the first thing he says in the movie is he goes, and because you can't hear him because he's so weak. And they say what? And he goes, that's excellent. His first line is excellent. There's no way that that, that is not the the, the 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 granddaddy of C. Montgomery Burns. So I thought that was great. And I love uh, love um, Laird Krieger. His voice is like Vincent Price. And I'm watching the first half hour and I'm like, where have I seen this guy? And finally, it occurred to me, there was a movie called Hangover Square that came out in 45. And he, he played a classical musician who has periodic blackouts in which he kills people. And it, it was it was some movie. I remember texting you about it, saying like, "You got to see this movie. It's crazy." But by the time you got around to it, it wasn't on Criterion anymore. But I strongly, strongly recommend Hangover Square because you get to see him again. So that's that's my opening take on it. And we'll talk about what the movie "quote unquote" means in a little. But I have a question for you. Here's my Hit question me. for you. You texted me, and all you said to me was, "This is a total Mike and Dan movie." So I want to know why. Because there's no conceivable way that this movie works on paper. If you were a professional screenwriter and you sat down in front of me and you said, wait, don't read it. Let me tell you what it's about. I would fire you and never talk to you again, ever. Because clearly there's something broken down in your judgment that's not worth saving. There's This movie not only doesn't work uh, on paper, certain certain bits in, in it don't even work on film. I don't really... The, the, it's all this whole movie is gloriously duct taped together by how much you love Veronica Lake and Alan Ladd, how good they the performances are. Nothing makes sense. There's no good like Robert Preston. There, there's no good decisions on the part of the production staff or the writers at all. And yet somehow the whole thing works. Yeah. And I that's just kind of one of the glorious miracles of film, which is that sometimes you get the bones right and sometimes you get the bones wrong. But ultimately, there's just a charm or a magic about movies that either makes them work or not. And this movie works. Absolutely, it works. In part two, let's talk about some of those moments. Okay, so in part two, of course, we talk about the key scenes. Dan, it sounded like you had one that was maybe connected to something we were just talking about. Yeah, it was connected to what you said about like this movie is filled with glorious things that only happen in movies. So I have a key scene that's really a key moment that's really silly and it's not key, but it's indicative of bigger things that happen. And it's this. It's when um, Laird Krieger as Gates asks Veronica Lake for a date. So remember, she auditions for his nightclub and she does she does the the, the magic act. And um, she then he does a total movie thing. He says dinner tomorrow in Hollywood. And she says, you know, okay, well, let me ask my manager, like the monkey. And he says, okay. And then finally she agrees and he says, okay, then. And he leaves. Now that's a total movie thing. Cause in real life, in movies, people do that all the time. Would you like to have dinner tomorrow? Yes. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> like in the real world, people have to say, well, what time are you picking me up? Where are we going to go? What time's good for you? But in movies, you just say things like, okay. It's like, it's like when people eat at restaurants and movies, no one, no movie scene has ever gone through a full meal. Unless that was the trick of the movie or something like that. But, you know, it's such a movie thing. Like, no, oh, I'll see you on Saturday. And I'm like, who who goes through the real world like that? Like, just say, like, right, that's such a movie thing. But I love it because this whole movie, like you said, is brimming with movie things, right? Like, for example, the whole plot hinges upon Alan Ladd getting stiffed 
with the fake $10 bills and Gates saying that, telling everyone that he got robbed, the paymaster got robbed and they're marked bills. So of course the whole question is, why don't you just pay him? Like he paid him to murder the guy. You have the secret gas formula. It's not going to go to the Senator. Just pay the guy. Like, like if one of your friends told you about this, you would say, yeah, don't give him the fake money. Just what, just pay the guy. And then, then go to your nightclub and, and, and try to schmooze Veronica Lake and sleep like a baby. Like who cares? At the same time, and so that's a massive plot hole. The only reason I like it is because he gets caught because he uses the ten dollars to pay for the right. dress, for the dress, to, for the yeah, to that's pay a off total the woman, movie thing. Yeah. Tore the thing because he slapped her because the cat. It reminded me, and this movie, and I'm not making fun of it. Like I love those things in movies. Like, like I don't know if you ever read. Fam- There's a famous essay, a review Roger Ebert wrote about the Gauntlet. You ever see the Gauntlet with Clint Eastwood? No. The, the premise of the Gauntlet is that um, Sandra Locke is a is a key witness, and Clint Eastwood's the guy who has to deliver her to the courthouse, and he has to run the Gauntlet. So he's in this 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 gotcha. truck and he's got to get there and everyone's trying to kill her and everyone's trying to kill him but he's got to make it and roger ebert says why didn't they just shoot out the tires <laughs> like it's like no one in the whole movie thought of that and it's and it's fine because it's a movie thing right so this movie like you said is filled with them like like that they're on the train that laird krieger goes to breakfast and he sees alan ladd sleeping next on a chair next to veronica lake how about um the shootout with the window washing scaffold at the end where, yeah, and because everyone's wearing a gas mask because yeah, so they're, ga- they're having gas mask drill day while, while they're doing that um how about the senator saying to veronica lake like i have an important mission for you like we've never met before I have no idea who you are, but I want you to 90 go seconds later. <laughs> I want you to go. On I guess I work for the government now. Deep cover, right? It's also got um, the great movie thing, which again, total movie thing. You beat up a guy and then you take his uniform and then you pose as the guy. So when he do- when he does that as the, as the, um, that the guy in the, in when Alan Ladd beats up um, the, the guy at the office and then dresses up in his clothes and comes into the room at the end. That's a total movie thing that only happens in movies, right? And the uniform always fits. It always fits, right? And I just love it like that movies give us a peek into a world where these kind of things happen all the time. Here's my here's my favorite because one of them is uh, my moment, which is when Robert Preston comes to investigate Gates's house because his girlfriend is missing <laughs> and her monogrammed handbag. He's, he's like, I, I don't know. I never, uh, she wasn't here. But her handbag with her initials is on the couch. And so while Robert Preston's back is turned, like while he's contemplating out the window, the guy sneaks around to the couch, picks up the handbag, backs up about three feet. And I don't want to say puts it down. I want to say just kind of tosses it the way that I would toss my shirt when I'm done with it. And I don't know why that made me laugh. But that that's again... If you if you tried to describe that scene to me, I would fire you. But right. for some reason, it really works. Yeah, it's a, it reminded me of the part in the Holy Grail when Michael Palin's turning when the guards are guarding um, the guy in the tower, and he writes a letter for the arrow and kind of just like goes and shoots out the arrow, shoots out the window really quickly. Like, oh no, one notices it. It totally works. And also, that's another movie thing, right? The sh- the chauffeur Tommy is loyal to Gates, like unto the point where he will tie weights with dissolving fish line to Veronica Lake. Like for how much is he paying this guy that he's engineering, like how to dispose of a body. And, and, and he does it cause he likes it. He just, he wants to describe, he wants yeah. to describe it for the same way a screenwriter wants to describe it for, for the, for the beauty <laughs> exactly. of the concept. But the other guy doesn't want to hear about it. He's like, please, please. He's, oh, you know, how terrible, such a lovely body. And, and he's like, he has to tell him the whole thing because the screenwriter has to tell you, but it's so great. If I like, that's a total movie thing.
Okay, welcome back. So, of course, in part three, we always talk about the title, the ending, uh, or the key takeaways. Dan, but wait a second. Laugh. Yeah. I'm still laughing at part two because another great movie thing is when when Gates, when uh, Laird Krieger is sitting in the, the diner eating his ice cream, which I love how he scoops the ice cream and it's all melted. And the guy comes up to him and says, like, aren't you so-and-so Gates of the Los Angeles you know, chemical company? He's like, no, no. And he looks down loud. He goes, second time this has happened already. That's such a great movie thing because, of course, it's only in there to tell you who he is. Because what if in real life you, you go up to people at a diner and say, aren't you so-and-so who's in charge of, you know, transatlantic rights? for the Bantam Books Corporation? Like, even if he said, yes, yes, I am, Gates, from the Los Angeles Petroleum Corp. Like, oh, the guy, what's the next sentence? Like, are you enjoying your ice cream? I just wanted to I just wanted to point out that it was you. Anyway, I love that stuff. My, my thing about the ending is, is, um, you know, part of the movie is that, you know, Veronica Lake makes him good. She makes him do the right thing. And it's kind of reminded me of another movie from the 40s that we love, right? It's like almost like Casablanca light right because that's what alan lad's like he's like the bad guy i, I don't i don't he, why does he like cats remember why he likes because cats? they don't need nothing they don't need nothing right that's like rick saying i stick my neck out for nobody um someone says well, he says aren't you afraid of the police she's on my own police right um the story that silly story about how his aunt abused him and he broke his wrist you know that made me who i am that's kind of like rick in paris you know, obviously Casablanca is a whole other other kettle of fish, but but it's kind of funny. Like it's that same mechanism, right? We're gonna find out about the why is this guy like he is. We're gonna have the scene that explains why he is, and we're gonna get you know a, a woman's gonna be involved in making him do the right thing. Um, now, all that said, of course, it's fun. It's, it's got a whole silliness in it and stuff, but I think that's kind of like what the writers. You said what were the writers going for? That is what the writers I think are going for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I will say my other favorite silly moment based on that kind of motif of the film is when um, they finally catch Veronica Lake because she's dressed up like him and there's a distant gunshot and she goes, he promised, like, <laughs> you know, it's exactly like, it's exactly like her talking to the Senator and she's a secret agent, you know, like two minutes later, you know, he, he told, she told him what a psychologist was and then explained to him that, uh, you know, all the all the murder and violence in the world is just revenge on his aunt. You're going to uh, keep killing the same person over and over. And therefore, he should be psychologically free. It should, it's all over. Can we before you say what you think about the ending, can, can I do one more of those? Yeah. How great is it when the kids recognize him? <laughs> Of his, his wrist. Up Have wrist. you seen this man's messed up wrist? And that one of the kids is holding. Did you see what one of the kids was holding? A paddle ball. He's holding a paddle ball game. If someone asked me to, we've done almost 200 episodes. If someone said to me, can you describe Mike's wrist? I'd be like, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So what did you make of the ending? Uh, it. I mean, it, it, it ends the only way that it can, because uh, it's got what I call romance math. If there's only one Veronica Lake and then there's Robert Preston and Alan Ladd. So, you know, figuratively or actually somebody got to die. <laughs> and and so you're you're supposed to read some redemption into that doom that he, you know, kills the two guys and then he's shot and hopefully comes to some kind of resolution. And then the, the Smithers in the situation says, plug him. <laughs> You know, uh, which which is which is funny. So he essentially he becomes kind of a, an impersonalized tool to cleanse the earth. He just you know he strikes down evil and then is struck down himself. Um, but you're supposed to feel good about it because Veronica Lake kind of had like a side crush on him. Uh, again, that even though he I tried to kill her, 
even though yeah, he tried even to kill though him. T- twice. And <laughs> I I understand from that description, you might be thinking to yourself, Michael, that sounds very silly, and I don't want to watch this movie. That's where you're wrong, my friend. Yeah, that's where you're you, wrong. You absolutely want to watch this movie because it a hundred percent works. It only does it only doesn't work if you do what you're not supposed to do with movies. Like if you're watching Mission Impossible and you're sitting there and going. I don't think they could jump a 16 ton car over a cliff. It's like nobody asked you. Nobody asked you, you know, what what you think of the light amount of psychoanalysis that goes on in this film. I'm only asking you, are you convinced that that this is an like, are you interested in Alan Ladd's face? Yes. If you're interested in Alan Ladd's face, keep watching. Right. And, and that makes you a good viewer. Yeah. Are you interested in Veronica Lake's hair? And if so, right, keep watching. Everybody is. I think my cats are. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I just think, yeah. You know, you know why we like cats. They don't need nothing. They don't need nothing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mike, great pick. We hope you enjoyed our conversation about this gun for hire. Follow us on Twitter at one five min film. Mike, where else can people follow us? Letterbox. Follow us on Letterbox. Let us know what to watch next. Give us requests. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.